Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the very first Parental Gamers Podcast. I am DadWads United, often known as DBU, Dad, G, um, that guy, Man Bun, um, just about everything else under the sun. This, this is Andy. I am Andy, TDV. Hi, hi, I'm Andy. I'm going to nervously drink for most of this. <laughs> and I'll be talking to myself. Welcome to my Twitch page. So we'll be alternating through all mine and Andy's Twitch pages, um, airing on each other's streams, uh, recording at various times, depending on, you know, how that episode happens to land. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit, Andy, about your page and what you play, what about your community, who you are. Uh, well, play predominantly be at Battle Royales nowadays. I used to, like, before the streaming world, it was all first-person shooters, Halo, Destiny, um, before that, the Nintendo 64 world, like, came on the map, all that kind of stuff. Um, but once I jumped into things that interested me on in the streaming world, it was mostly PRs, PUBG, then Apex, Call of Duty, all that fun stuff. And then you meet all the other people that, uh, that play a genre, like different varieties and genres of games. So, kind of tried to branch out recently. I'm the Ninja Turtle guy, as you can see behind me. That's uh, my lot in life is Ninja Turtles and uh, fun things. Uh, don't really have much. I have a small community, small community that's shared amongst a few people. It's kind of an amalgamation of a, of, of a bunch of others, um, but they're all kind-hearted and and nice for the most part. Most of them call me bald, which is kind of sweet. But um, it's a yeah. term of endearment, affection. Yeah, it, keep, it keeps me keeps me level. Because God forbid my head would get too big and bald. Well, I mean the screen is only like you know high resolution high resolution baldness is it's where it's at. High resolution baldness. The pink definitely attributes to that too, right? Yo, I look good in pink. I don't even want to go back to my normal hair color. I don't mind it. I kind of dig it. It's a, it's a good look. I don't think I'd have. I, like it. I don't think I could pull it off. I don't think you can pull off the look you have. But I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. So you you got sucked into BRs. You're a huge Ninja Turtle guy, which the Ninja Turtles are probably one of the greatest things ever. Absolutely. And I have no idea why Ninja Turtles. I just know that I've always loved them since my parents showed me the uh, the 1990s movie. I watched the movie before I watched the cartoons, and then I found everything. Wow. So, yeah. I wasn't even into the comics. Still not really into the comics. Uh, I just like I just like watching them kick ass. So the old comics were not nothing really special, exciting. It was kind of regurgitated material. The newer comics, like in the last five, seven years, have been incredible. Um, the yeah, I, just, the, ID, the IDW oh. stuff and the Batman crossovers and the Ghostbusters crossovers and all that kind of stuff. But even I haven't read them, but I know they're all pretty cool. Yeah. Their own standalone stuff has been really, really well written and really cared for. You can tell that they finally have a team that really appreciates the history behind the franchise. Yes. And then the new movie coming out that they've got uh, Seth Rogen producing it. 
And that's going to be live action, right? I think it's going to be mostly like CG. I don't think, I don't know if it's going to be live action. I don't think he has the budget for a live action. Because there hasn't been a movie that stands up to those suits. Nope. Jim Henson did it right, and then his he passed away, and his son tried to do the second and third one, but the it just it went the wrong direction. The, it's like they got younger in the second and third movie for some reason. The second one was good. The third one was the third one or the fourth one when they were samurai. The third one. There was no fourth. Okay, so it's the second yeah. one that I like. The second one was the subways of New York. Yeah, the secrets of the ooze. When they find the station, the subway station. Yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. I mean, the turtles are pretty cool. They they were, they were a big part of my childhood growing up. Like the, like growing up in the early eighties, it was definitely the cartoon first. All the action figures, the cars, the the big ass truck that shot them pizzas, um, <laughs> and then moved into the cartoons. Oh, sorry, the the live action movie. Personally, though, they were only cool. Or the coolest until I came across Batman, and then that was it. Yeah, I was actually going to ask. I'll just get into it in a second, but we're going to try and make you answer all the same questions. Introduce yourself, your community. Um, what is you like to play, and give us a bit about yourself. Let them know. So I am the affectionately known as Dadbods United, uh, DBU. Um, I've also got a nice, nice sized community here on Twitch. Um, kind of wedged myself in as the like sports variety streamer i started my streaming journey playing exclusively fifa uh, and then started breaking into some of the brs like dabbled in apex um dabbled in a little bit of uh, call of duty uh, i really enjoy like rainbow six siege but found that playing a lot of those multiplayer games alone just didn't do it for me and i've never really had a ton of friends in the gaming community like a lot of the guys that i've grown up with have moved on from games so i'm kind of like the ronin of my group where i just kind of gone it alone and uh, started this streaming journey to kind of meet new people and get into it but we'll get into that later um whereas sports games i can just kind of get in be competitive talk to chat and not really have to worry about whether or not i'm gonna have to solo queue uh or you know coordinate games with others so kind of like kind of fell into a selfish approach um got into a lot of fairly competitive fifa uh, once the game died down i started venturing out into more single player experiences playing things like uh ghost of tsushima spider-man horizon zero dawn um the division two uh, and really kind of getting into the variety swing of things and then earlier this year discovered MLB the show and that's kind of been uh my go-to the last couple of months because it scratches that competitive FIFA itch for me and that's where I've kind of settled I do a lot of live uh pack openings for like you know baseball cards and hockey cards and stuff on stream and why DC over everything else that's good you mean almost as good um so here's the thing when i looked at when i grew up i was definitely a fan a little bit more like of the overall publishing house i loved marvel but i always gravitated towards batman i fell in love with marvel because they did such a great
great job of capturing your imagination and helping you fall in love with the hero, the colorful costumes, the look, like the kind of snappy personalities, but you always fall in love with the, the superhero themselves. As I grew older, I grew an appreciation for DC because they write their characters in a way that have you really fall in love with the person behind the mask and understand the depth and variety of character. Like They really get you to understand who that hero is and what their driving motivations are. So that's kind of what I, I've always loved and respected about DC. They've always shown a little bit more attention to the person behind the, the, the super suit and kind of gave you that false sense of hope that you could be that guy, you know? Yeah, I can appreciate that. Because I think Marvel sticks to their world of the actual superhero rather than the character behind it. Whereas DC definitely sticks to the, the alter ego. Exactly. So it, made, it just it was one of those things that made it easier to fall in love with those characters and, and understand them a lot more. Um, because they were legitimately like people like you were learning more about Bruce Wayne over the years than you ever did about like Tony Stark or even like Captain America like there's so little was really uh, paid mind to yeah okay I'll accept it yeah no it's rule of law man <laughs> you're on my page it's my house damn that's cool like so you were saying that you've really ventured into like the BR space. What is it about the BR genre that's that has it? It's hooks in on you. Like I've seen you jump into like hyperscape, um, some off the like out of the top games um, yeah. inside the Apex and Call of Duties and stuff. I think it's just like the low key competitiveness of it all. Like an opportunity to be better than so many people in the same lobby. Okay. Like you, you play when I was playing Halo a lot. It was always like uh, Team Squat or or um, Slayer or whatever. And you get to play with friends and you try and get the most kills, obviously win the game and that kind of stuff. But you're only better than the uh, the eight other people or the seven other people you're playing with until the next lobby. But in like BRs, you have your team and like with uh, Apex, thirty other squads. So the opportunity for me, it's just like I have an opportunity to show that I'm better than this many people. Right. It's not necessarily. It's not like I'm going around saying, "Oh, I'm I'm better than all of you." It's just like a nice little thing for me. It's like, hey, we just won this. This squad is better than the 29 other teams that just dropped in. And PUBG was kind of like that. PUBG was a lot on a on a bigger scale with the solos you could do. Because I started playing solos, and I had friends who started playing the game, and we started playing together. But it's. Uh, it's fast-paced. It's it's um, nerve-wracking. I remember the first time I won a game of PUBG, I almost threw up because it's so it's so scary getting into like that top five situation. Like oh shit, oh shit, like the jitters, the shaking that you get. We've also and that still happens. Forward. Sorry, it's like you also happens. put forward so much effort to get there. Like mm -hmm. between, especially in a game like PUBG, which I have limited knowledge with, but where. You're really, you're truly scavenging for gear and stuff. Like it's not as abundant from what I've come to see as some of the other BRs, like your Apex or your CODs. Like what you find has a certain weight or value to it compared to some of the others. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean, 
I haven't played PUBG in a hot minute, but it's kind of has always been broken for Xbox and consoles. But there's a set place that you can, there's always set places you can play that you're going to get more loot. The RNG is obviously going to be better where you have more densely populated with buildings, so it makes sense. Right. Places that people aren't likely to land is where they're going to find guns, so it, it kind of forces you into a, into a battle if you want to. But, um, yeah, I don't know, it just, VR has brought me back into, like, the gaming fold. Like, PUBG brought me back into enjoying games, where I've now just started to, like, branch out. Um, I've been playing Rocket League for a long time, and that's kind of the same idea. It's very competitive. There's a lot of fun. Um, and then there's games like Marvel, where it's very chill, and Destiny, where it's very grindy. So it's definitely, like, streaming and, and VRs have brought me back into, like, the love of gaming again, where I'm willing to branch out and find the things that interest me the most. Okay. It's just kind of, yeah, it's kind of started to loot from there. So it's, it's kind nice. of, it, it's kind of, like I was mentioning about, like, FIFA and even now MLB The Show, where it kind of scratches that competitive itch within, whereas, you know, if you want that more chill experience, you'll play a Marvel. If you want to, you know, loot grind you'll jump into a destiny you'll find depending on what you're what you feel or what you're looking for in that given day mm-hmm. yeah, and not to mention the people that i got to meet i mean most of the communities that i, I am or was a part of at one point it's it, we kind of all met in the, in the br world so um a lot of those friendships those relationships that were forged were um they're all kind of like unforgettable at this point even yeah. the bad ones so yeah. See, that's a very different experience than I've had, like, from, like I was saying, like, all my competitive games, I'm a bit more selfish when it comes to competition, I guess, because I don't like to rely on other people, partially because, like, especially in the shooter realm, I'm not the greatest because I haven't focused on that, you know what I mean? Like, my yeah. focus has been on sports games, like, FIFA for me is 2,000 games a season. At twenty minutes a game, like you can start to do the math, and yeah, that kind of it starts to really add up, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, so for me, that's where I was like, I never had to rely on anything except for what the game puts in front of me, and that's where I've somewhat struggled as a gamer, getting older and look and like feeling like I'm missing out sometimes on some of these yeah. BRs. Well, that's the thing, though, is the older we get, our reflexes die. Like, it's it's hard to play sports in the real world, and now we're trying to now we're just trying to do it with our hands, and it's still increasingly difficult to do that because everything's slowing down. I I do quite well considering I'm 31 years old, trying to keep up with a bunch of kids that are increasingly better than me. <laughs> You're 31? Fucking baby. 32 this year, apparently. I'm 37. I'm old, man. Yeah, you look at crawling up on 40 i got married i only had gray hair a year i had kids and i had like gray hair up to here oh i've had gray hair since i was in grade 11 a couple more years i'll be like silver fox once i started my carpentry apprenticeship i was that's when i started having gray hair <laughs> no i was just sawdust i wouldn't wash out yeah yeah i haven't had a shower in 16 years but like see even even like something like the reflexes like you can justify a lot of these brs because I mean, you can kind of roll with them if you gain that map knowledge. The word, the one yeah. thing that I found sometimes with BRs is that, that if you come up against a sweaty lobby that has a better map knowledge than you, 
it's increasingly difficult to win because there are so many i find like in cod especially as a camper's dream so many broken angles and sight lines that really put you at a disadvantage if you're not a high reflex player or highly acute player whereas the br is is ridiculous for camping it's 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 just a massive multiplayer death box sniper in a built on a tall building can't do it but you look at a fifa and even though the field doesn't change the dynamic of every play will even you know mlb the show when i'm playing competitively on the show you know every pitcher is going to be different every person who uses that pitcher is going to pitch a little bit different everybody who uses a hitter is going to look for different sweet spots so you've got i like that one-on-one mind game i would like to get into more of the social aspect of gaming but like i said i find myself even when i do group up as being a little bit selfish in that a i don't want to be a hindrance to somebody else and b i don't want to have be to hindered <laughs> yeah it was like yeah. shut the fuck up just come this way hurry up it's like yeah. gee you don't know the mess i don't care let's go especially with sports games when you're playing with people like i, I, I played soccer growing up i was quite knowledgeable i might not might have fallen out of of which teams have which players and who's the best team in the world at this point in time but i still know the game i can still like coach someone and teach them how to kick a ball and tell them how, where to run and how a play is going to break down i can still read the game so when you play those kind of games the same things work like with um my dad always had a nice uh anagram i guess it is is spam spam space pace angles and movement yeah if you can if you have those four things in a game you're gonna do well so um i that's how i used to play like fifa back in the day when before online multiplayer was a thing in in sports worlds um it would i would just pass the ball in triangles and work my way down the field put it out on the wing and cross it across and then nine times out of ten i was successful but playing against a computer <laughs> a lot of the principles still apply like i still play soccer irl mm-hmm. well, at least post covid but even that i've been selfish i play goalie so i get to kind of work as a maestro in the field where i'm seeing plays develop from an angle that nobody else is so i get to call out make my plays adjust my positioning and thankfully i've got a level-headed group of guys that i play with that give me the respect based on the number of years i've been playing and they and their, their knowledge of my ability that they'll listen and adjust accordingly and i apply a lot of those same principles to the FIFA pitch, and that's I do attribute some of my success to understanding what's going on on that field, whether it's digitally or in real life. Yeah. But again, it's like it, it's a pretty selfish gameplay pattern where I like to be in control of my own destiny. Yeah. So I don't, I struggle sometimes playing with others, but I know that I have to get better at it because I want to, I want to enjoy some of these BRs more, and I find them super fun if you're with the right group of people yeah did you ever play any of the management games for the like stock for the, the football games that are out there i didn't like, until they no. came to mobile once oh, they okay. came to mobile i got involved with them a little bit more because it was just easier to take them on the road because mm-hmm. if i figured if i'm gonna sit down to play my console i'm gonna play fifa like i invest so much time into an ultimate team season that it's so hard for me to justify playing anything else when I'm yeah. in full season mode, you know what I mean? Yeah, I get that. It's just because um, talking about 
um, the perspective that you can get when you are like playing as a goalie. So even with your um, like when you're top down playing FIFA, you get to see both ends of the field. You get to see both teams and which way they're going to move, and you can even predict. I mean, the the AI is going to play in a certain way that makes sense. Everything's been written down, and they're going to go in the same patterns, and you can kind of figure it out. But um, the whole management one, you can. It's kind of like a different perspective. You see the game from the sideline. I just remember back in the day. I remember yeah. playing a game that was on the sideline. You could watch the game like go and do its thing, or you could fast forward and and make changes to the roster afterwards. But it was it's kind of I don't know it's a different perspective to try and see how the game is going to break down from the sideline rather than top up or even playing the game. Yeah, like so, like I said, those management games were really really well thought out. But it was always that, you know, that that idea. Yeah, like I put a ton of time, put a ton of money. Like it's, if you're playing foot at any type of competitive level and wanted to see results, you're investing way more than that seventy to one hundred dollar price tag on yeah. that game. Like I've already pre-ordered the ultimate edition, the FIFA twenty one, knowing full well it's gonna be you know it's one hundred and thirty bucks and it's basically a reskin of FIFA twenty. I get that. I know what I'm getting going into it. I'm not going to be that guy bitching on Twitter that the game is broken because I know what I'm paying for. Yeah. So, like, you, you've got you've got a choice. Like, and it's... That's my type of competitive grind, but... Actually, we have we have the EA mocap in, in Burnaby out this way. It's actually... It's home base is out near where I live. I used to do work in it. I used to do office furniture for a living, and they always needed work done. And, uh... You go into their underground and they've got like old office furniture just strewn into like the third level. It's everywhere. It's like how they store it. But you get to go through and fix things in the mocap center and then you get to go in and see them game testing and you get to see like four levels of just pure gaming development. It's really cool. And then they have like on top of the underground parking lot, they have their, their soccer field, their turf. It's, it was just a, you get to see the amount of money that they, they invest in, in these, these centers. FIFA is their money, but like FIFA is their money, their cash cow. And that is why they're fighting so hard against all things loot box. Oh, yeah. And anti loot box. And that's going to be an episode that we'll talk all on its own is the whole loot box controversy. We'll we'll definitely delve into that in a full episode. But that's why companies like EA are fighting so hard to save the loot box market uh, industry or the surprise mechanics. Because it is such a lucrative business for them. Especially, I think, like, FIFA brings them in billions on launch. Outside of their, you know, regular price tag of the game. It's just going to go higher. Yeah. No, like, I'm telling you, like, you've already got FIFA content creators that are playing other games already talking about how many FIFA points they're going to spend at the beginning of the game. Yeah. Like Madden, like the one thing people forget is although a lot of content creators spend a shitload of money and players spend a shitload of money on Madden, Madden is only successful in NA. It has a very small European market, has a very small international market. It's decent, but it's very small. When you talk, there's a handful of American football teams that play over in Europe. As far as like uh, American football played in other countries, it's a handful. I know Germany has teams. Um, and even NHL, there's a handful of teams in places like Britain. I know Scotland has a few teams strewn around. England, I'm sure, does too. But it's it's like a 
it's a very small community of people when we have it i heard a stat recently about the difference between like the madden pack sales like there's already fifa content creators talking about spending like like loading their accounts up with like two to three thousand dollars because you can do it in fifa 20 and if you order the certain editions you can carry your fifa point balance over from 20 to 21. so that way that when the early access starts they can start ripping open packs and cornering the transfer market and earning coins at an alarming rate and it is going to be a, it's insane it is that's a sneaky insane. way around the loot crate thing because a lot of countries are making are banning loot crates and stuff like that and to make it like a collector's edition like the mlb the show you open pack and stuff like that that's um that's just implementing rng in a different way <laughs> it's still making people pay to play but it's collections rather than loot crates but see here's the thing with the collections in mlb when you collect something it stays in your club you can use it for events you can use it for things and this is the appreciation that i've had for this gaming side of it is when you do a, a, a collection activity in fifa those cards are gone they're submitted they're taken off the market they're taken out of the game which then drives up the price of all the other cards whereas and then if you need it again you have to go into the transfer market and buy it or go buy packs to hope you get it again in the show if you collect something or make it a part of your collection it's a permanent fixture you no longer have to buy it again if you need it it stays and 90 percent or so of the cards in the in the show are earnable like there are people with some of the most ridiculous teams in mlb on zero money spent accounts just by playing the incentive for you to stay and grind that game are far greater than any of the other uh, ea franchise games i've played but loot boxes are going to be a very hot topic of conversation and they're going to continue to be for a long time have you ever looked into how much time you have spent into the game? Because we were just doing this at the day with Taylor and I. We went on. Uh, we were both live, and we were we were looking at um, hours spent, or we go through the achievement, and you can see the stats. And she's got 127 days. It breaks it up into hours. It always starts with minutes and hours. So she has 127 days invested in Destiny gameplay. Wow. 127 days. I have 64 days. <laughs> I'm so like, probably close to that in FIFA, like 2,000 games times 20. Sorry, Apex, not Destiny. I've got 2,000 hours, or sorry, 2,000 games played in FIFA, 20 minutes a game, plus FIFA has a web app where I can do all my trading. Mm -hmm. So that midday shitter, I'm on my phone making trades and making coins. Like, it's, like, if you start accumulating the hours, I'm probably right there with you, Ted. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm right in that, that, that realm. It's, it's crazy, but that's what they get you. And I haven't done that activity, but I will. I'll, I'll do it for the next, uh, the next podcast, or I'll, we'll put All it right. on Twitter feed. But I'll try and recenter a little bit because that was, that actually was like an, an awfully great tangent. Um, that actually segues kind of nicely. It does. It kind of like leads into the why. So with the podcast, what is it that we're kind of looking to do? Uh, the why and what. So uh, I'll let you start with this. Is like I'm reading off of our bullet points here. Is like what the podcast series is about. 
before we get into it. that, somebody in chat just looked up the net revenues. Thank you, Spexy. The net revenues per Madden 2020 was 1.44 billion. FIFA 20 was an estimated 4.175 billion, yeah. not including game sales. That's just insanity. But like I said, well, that is going to be an incredible conversation when we get to that. That as a soccer person, as someone who has been like talking about soccer my whole life in a way that it is obviously the world's number one sport. It just goes to show you, even in the gaming world, it's the number one sport because <laughs> it's turning up four billion dollars worth of revenue even outside of like coca-cola sponsorships and and ea sponsorships this is just gaming money yeah it's it's insane but anyway no like we'd like to sort of answer your previous question the what and the why like this series so andy and i started on this journey what maybe like six weeks ago about really just like kind of planted the seed of this idea and and really taking a look at what we wanted to do i think it took us of those six weeks like maybe a week and a half to put this episode together and about five weeks to just come up with a name um yeah yeah definitely but we've had some great conversations about what we were hoping to do and given that we were both parents like we really wanted to at least for myself wanted to really and i won't speak for andy but i'm thinking he'll agree really wanted to take an opportunity to build a podcast around a couple of parents and eventually bringing in other perspectives of parents prospective parents um other non-parents in the industry as well and just talk about really what it's like as a content creator in this space whether you're a parent and trying to divide your time whether you're maybe single whether you're married in a relationship we want to try to give people a perspective on what it's like to be a content creator what it's like what kinds of or what types of challenges content creators face on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis, whether it um, be, you know, at home challenges, gaming challenges, slumps, um, the financial challenges versus the, you know, reality expectations, streaming as a hobby or a job. Like those were just some of the high level really wanted to, the, the people side of it. Um, so, you know, inviting other content creators to speak on our behalf because the reality is we're two dudes. We're not going to have all the answers. We're not going to have all the perspectives. Like, I would never want to speak for a female content creator or any other gender of content creator um, because I just simply wouldn't have the experience. As much as I were a B cup these days, I don't have that type of experience. Only a B? Man. Yeah. I've been, I've been you working on it. You taping down? I'm slimming. I'm win- I'm getting ready for winter. Yeah. Higher metabolism. Keep me warm, you know? Yes, right. We need, you need it for those Toronto winters. Oh, buddy. I'm not colder. <laughs> but, like, besides the human element of it, we also wanted to look at some of the important things in the industry. Whether it be loot, loot boxes and, and loot crates in, the, in gaming, whether it's games that we're excited about that are coming out the evolution with all the new systems coming out the history um some of the stigmas that come across um the challenges like i was saying earlier of of being involved in in the content creation and in that public eye um the good and the not so good about the the world we chose to be a part of yeah like there's a lot of misconceptions like 
you know, the whole idea, what do you mean? People pay you to play video games? Like, no, not exactly. Like, that's not what this is. This is and no, often people don't. Like, I'm, I'm still just, paying more money out to play video games for other people than I'm getting in to play video games. But that's, and that's just it. It's like, oh, this generational idea of a entitlement and the idea that we can sit down in front of a computer and as long as we hit live, the money's going to roll in. It's like, dude, they're, they do do that's whatever other dude you want to throw in there. It doesn't, it's not that easy. It's not, it's not that nice. It would be cool if it was though, right? Oh yeah. Like it maybe, it's going to be, it'll be interesting to see. So as, like you say, we're going to try and delve into um, the what's and the why's of why we do this, the what's and the why's of why others do this. Um, either people within our communities, people that we are in their communities, or even outside the communities, bring them in to try and introduce them to ours and ours to them, and, and people that we want to get to know more about and see their insights on things. Um, and at some point, when we get more in the flow of things and this gets more comfortable and, and DadBots knows how to use his, his mix it up, um, we'll figure out... Um, more <laughs> more interesting conversations about like uh we, we've we've glanced on topics um such as like dress wear and tos and that kind of stuff for men or women um or whichever gender you choose to identify as so it's not just going to be like a happy-go-lucky we want to talk about things that are fun and, and fancy free we're going to try and have um legitimate conversations and and debates about um what this space looks like and and maybe what our opinions on how it can change and, and bring in the right people to share their opinions and what they'd like to see as well. Um, and as time progresses, we'll open up uh, question period segments. We have a command in the chat right now that kind of says, um, this is a podcast, it's, it's, it's audio based, so it's hard for us to interact with chat, um, given that when we post this onto whichever platform we're gonna post it on for, for podcasting, um, it's gonna be confusing for that, that particular uh, part of the, the consumer, if you like, the viewer. Um, so we'll get into viewer interaction segments, whether it be on Twitter or in chat, and we'll make sure it's it's good. But um, uh, there's so much that can come from this, and we I know we're both excited, kind of chomping at the bit. I don't want to throw up anymore, which is nice. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm over that part. Only took 45 minutes, but... Hopefully you brush your teeth when you're all said and done. But on that, like, on that note, one of the things that like we've kind of touched on, but I didn't want to talk too much about in our conversations is like that being said, with you know, trying to understand some of those misconceptions, like what was it that got you, um, like what was it that drove you towards the idea of a podcast? Seeing as we're in the space, my bad. Um, I think uh, the the. I feel like it would be that move from Twitch, from Mixer, um, is is something that's kind of forced me. Whatever I missed, I missed it wholeheartedly because I have no idea what was said. <laughs> Which way I was paying attention to the questions. So I'm seeing you chuckle over here. He's just laughing and smiling. I have no idea what he fucking said. I didn't say uh, anything. So I have, <laughs> for those of you that are audio listeners, you definitely heard that cue. Um, I turned off all my alerts, yeah, but I forgot one. Um, I have um, 
an extension that when people people can basically pay bits when they come into the stream they like play a gif as well as a song of their choosing and then they get to keep that as their entrance song entrance song uh, so there's always one thing you're gonna forget to turn off right so apparently we're gonna have to have an entire episode based on the pronunciation or of gif versus gif as well because i'm not even gonna have that i'm old <laughs> enough that i can say it however the fuck i want to say it and move on but anyway <laughs> so everybody's just heard baby like one of the greatest tunes of all time playing in the background and so we all had a little chuckle but andy was the odd man out so yeah that's how it goes I'm odd, and you'll learn that as we go on. But, sorry, you were saying, so the the shutdown from Mixer to Twitch kind of had you looking to well, diversify. Mixer was a small world compared to what's out there in the streaming world and the content creation. Obviously, like, your, your Twitch or YouTube are being the forefront of everything. Um, but you come to Twitch, it's so vast, it's so big, there's so many people doing the same thing. And for someone of my particular caliber within the content creation world it's not enough for me to just play video games in front of people i'm a very laid-back chill person i'm gonna try and keep it positive and and try and not say i'm boring as hell and that's why people don't like coming into me i'm a very i'm a very the people who like me they like me a lot i'm a very particular type of streamer i'm laid back i talk to my people when they talk to me i try and do my best with the games and and we move forward and we try and do the same thing all the time very consistent very laid back but very chill um but that particular space in the content creation world can only take you so far um i'm a very helpful individual i can help you with your tech i can help you with your audio i can help you with your uh image manipulation i can probably throw up a decent advertisement for you i can set up your discord and do all these things but on twitch there's so many people that can do that also on mixer it wasn't so much of that so it was it was easier to be recognized on mixer for the things that i was helping doing but on twitch I couldn't be that for so many people because there was already so many people doing that. Um, so it forces your hand into creating other types of content. So I tried to do YouTube content. I say try, I'm still trying with a tutorial series for the mix up, but I am my biggest enemy is myself is I don't delegate time for the things, the projects that I should do for myself. Um, this is something that I follow through with because it didn't just impact me and my content it impacted your content. I don't do this, you don't do this, and it's something that you want to do. So I know that I need to get my YouTube channel up and going on a consistent basis, but I won't because it's me that's affected, nobody else. Um, but the, the transition is what made me interested in delving into other portions of content creation. Podcasting be one of those things. Plus, I have a face for radio. Most people are just going to listen to this. It's perfect. This is, this is my jam. I've got a relatively soft, soothing voice. I've been told I can put anyone to sleep. And uh, and that's it. We're easy breezy. I have no, no comment. I'll yeah. let you dig your own grave on that one. Um, yeah, no, that, that that's fair. Like it was a it was a dicey. It's been a dicey. It was a dicey couple of months there. But no, that's I see. I see where you're coming from coming from because i'm notorious for that kind of stuff too where i'll put my own stuff on the back burner if i know it's only going to affect me um, whereas if i have somebody else lighting a fire under my ass then i'm not as um not as laid back about it i don't 
tend to let things slide, although clearly with the notifications still going off, I could say otherwise. But yeah. it's, no, it's always, it's, I, I feel like we're the same kind of person in that aspect. Like we, um, we were more inclined to do things for others before ourselves. As much as we want good things for ourselves, we would like to see those around us succeed as well. And sometimes that takes precedence first when maybe it shouldn't. But yeah. at the same time, it's like um, a lot of the friends that I've helped and a lot of the friends I continue to help, um, my success is their success because I've chosen to, to put myself out there to help them do this and give them a part of what I can give them. So when they succeed, I do feel like I succeed regardless yeah. of the content that I put out because I'm a big part of, um, of certain channels that are doing well, that continue to do well. And it's not obviously all me. It's a team effort. They have good support behind them. But the people that have been successful that I get to be a part of, that's a success in my mind. And that's kind of like, that's how I used to work in management. That's how I kind of deal with my private life is if, if I can help others be successful, then I consider that a win on my end. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think that this industry, and I definitely don't mean as about the circle of friends that you have and the, the streamers that you work with, because I know a lot of them and they are incredibly supportive because a lot of them will come through and hang out here as well. And, Unfortunately, there's not enough of that in this industry. There's a lot of there's a lot of negativity uh, around the idea of helping others and support, and that is probably going to be an episode also all on its own. And that idea of proper support versus improper support versus you know some of the support that we saw on the other platform versus the way things are supported here and the misconceptions that I think came along with the transition um, and some of the challenges I think that we all faced coming over from Mixer to Twitch the way that so, yeah. we did. Um, that is going to be a challenging conversation to have, especially coming from, I, I, at least I'll speak for myself, who wasn't partnered and was doing this as a hobbyist. Mm -hmm. Like that shit took me out at the knees. I saw the impact that it had on partners, on non-partners that had large followings, large viewerships. Um, and the way that game changed when they came over, uh, or I shouldn't even say came over, were forced over. Um, but it wasn't as relatable because it didn't hit me the in the same way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. did I feel bad for these people? 100%. Because a lot of them were my friends and are my friends. And I still continue to try to support in the best way that I can. Given the circumstances, like, you know, I used to sub to a hell of a lot more channels on Mixer when we were living normal lives. Yeah. But unfortunately, and like, just... you know, given the current circumstance and climate I can't do that the same way and I've seen the negative repercussions of that and yeah. kind of the true intentions of some and the genuine intentions of others and that's the reason I still hang out in the places I do yeah I think that's actually one, one of the hardest things that coming over from Mixer to Twitch is like a supporter or a viewer is that that thought process of like monetarily you want to support the people that you care about the most and you enjoy watching. Um, I still 
uh, 100% sub to two people that I sub to on Mixer. 100, like 100% 100 of the time, they've, they've always got my, my sub. Um, but there's so many people that I was waiting on to get partner, uh, waiting for the application to go through that I wanted to show support to. And because they're affiliate now, I can do that, which takes, now it's like a burden of choice. It's like, shit, I want to be able to support them all, but there's just no way I can. I get, I get 2020, I can barely support myself, let alone um, throw four or five ninety nine to somebody even on one month, because let's be real, like six bucks is, it's not a big amount of money, but it's also like six packages of baby food. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, no, but uh, that's, that's the parental reality of his, of his podcast is talking about stuff like that. Like even myself, like the experience on Mixer was different. I was doing box openings. I had a disposable income working full time, doing fairly well. You know, I could afford to have, you know, eight or nine subs channels, especially when they introduced the Microsoft ones. Like, yeah, those were avenues I would do. Like I like I mentioned earlier, you know, box openings, cards, like packs of cards all the time. Now it's like, listen, chat, like given 2020 and the way it's going, like I've got to choose. You know, I went on months of government assistance, like having to make financial decisions that I hadn't had to make before in order just to have the things that I wanted to do on my channel. Like if I unfortunately have to choose between subbing to 10 people or opening up a back, a pack of cards, that's going to get my community excited. I'm going to open a box of cards and try to hang out as much as I can in other streams. But the financial side of this conversation or this my approach to supporting others had to change, especially in lieu of, you know, coming over here. Like everything was different. Like guys that like I thought my content looked looked aesthetically great on Mixer, but they were like non affiliate, you know, twenty five follower individuals and not not knocking them, but just starting out that their setups like shit all over my best day. You know what I mean? Let's go with that. Let's go from that to uh, why and what like why did you start streaming? What did your setup look like when you started? And uh, talk a little about your journey on Mixer and then coming to Twitch. So when I started streaming, it was purely as in the idea of being able to make a couple bucks, you know, pay a couple bills, get a couple new games, like meet a bunch of new people, experience online gaming. Because like I said before, I'm really the only one in my circle of friends that really truly still games. And in a variety, like the one or two guys that still do are set in like one genre and that's all one game and that's it. And that's not me. Like I like to dabble. I like to play a variety. So for me, it was like, let's see if we can do this. And I've been a fan of streams for a very long time. Um, I just said, you know what? Like I want to give it a shot. I game four, five, six hours a night anyway. Why not just sit my ass in front of a camera and see what happens? I didn't think I was going to enjoy it as much. Um, I definitely, definitely was that guy that thought it was easier than it is. Yeah. Um, and that quickly changed very, very quickly. Um, but decided to start on Mixer 
because I had witnessed, I was watching a lot of the top TV streamers like the Nick 2018s, the Neps, uh, the Castros, and watching the level of toxicity and that ugly side of Twitch when you get into those channels. I was like, fuck that. Imagine, like, they're doing this to him. Imagine what they're going to do to, you know, some nobody at the bottom of the directory if they even find him. Yeah. So I was like, let's try out Mixer and have some fun with it. Little did I know I was going to stumble into some of the amazing communities that I did and meet some of the awesome people that I did. Um, and kind oh, of shit. fell in love with it. I didn't meet you till later. Don't go on yourself. You met me on Mixer. Shut up. Yeah, we but it was like a, on the we met a couple of... Yeah, that's true. Um, but my setup was balls to the wall. Like, this that you see is basically how I started out. Like, dual mm-hmm. monitor. I went, like, I had a TV for a monitor, a gaming monitor. I picked up the PC, single webcam, extra hard drive. The only thing I've added since starting was a second webcam for pack openings, a ring light, and a stream deck. Everything mm-hmm. else, I went in day one. I was like, look, I have, like I need a PC for the home anyway. Let's get a computer. And when you go to one of your other cameras, you actually, it looks like you're in a closet. Well, this one here. Where, where are you streaming from right now? I'm in the corner of my basement. This is a double door closet right behind me. Okay. So there's more in front of you and more to your right then? So out, yeah, out in front of me and then all okay. the way around is my basement. It's an open concept okay. basement. It okay. took me months to realize how bad my mic was because my <laughs> wife would sit on on the couch just beside me here and watch TV. And half the time, my chat knew exactly what she was watching because they could hear. Like, I had people quoting episodes of Friends in my chat because they could hear, like, Joey and Phoebe going off. Who can't do that? Oh, I, I could. I've never watched Friends front to back. Oh, my God. Um, I've done it like six times. You haven't lived unless you've done that. But I had like I had the time of my life streaming on Mixer. It was great. I'm yeah. loving my time on Twitch, and my experience in the transition has been great. And we'll get to that. But I'm, I want to know what brought you into the streaming world and how your setup has evolved. Um, Mixer with Mixer is I hadn't heard of it. I figured, like you said, I'm playing like video games. I might as well do something. Um, I was playing video games very rarely when I started, uh, but my setup was um, Xbox go live through Xbox and, and stream. And then the more the more and more I started going into it, I started seeing like friends were were getting PCs and they were buying webcams, they were getting capture cards and all these kind of things. And it was like once the bug took took hold, I needed to get all those things. So it was just like slowly upgrading. I, my PC couldn't handle what I was doing, so I had to upgrade the PC. So I did I bought a capture card first, figured out that capture card was too powerful of the PC. That means the PC had to show up, so it was it was a slow progression of getting things, but it wasn't as slow as it could have been. And we all know Mixer gave a lot of people opportunities um, of, of getting a partnership before they even upgraded to PC. Uh, it was like I can think of at least four people that got partnered just streaming through Xbox and using Lightstream. Which is and awesome. I used I used Lightstream. I used it for a little bit. But it's also very dependent on your upload speeds. I had really shitty upload speeds, so I it 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 showed 
So there was really no benefit for me to do that. And as things progressed, things got better, things got nicer. I started using uh, GIMP. I started using Paint.net. I started doing my own graphics. I started doing this, that, the next thing. And I got relatively comfortable doing those things for myself. And and it just kind of blew up from there. It's like it just it opened so many doors as far as I want to learn how to do this because I want to make this look better. Right. Like it, it was definitely something. So I started on a whim, saying, "Why not? If it goes somewhere, great. If it doesn't, also fine. I'm going to just keep doing it." And now it's this addiction, this this thing that I can't see myself giving up. Interesting. Interesting. I don't know if I have this. If I share the same sentiment, like I think we're in different positions because I have more of a hobbyist approach to it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, it's not something that I would give up easily. Mm-hmm. But if I had to make a choice, like people ask me, like, would you do this full time? And at this stage of my life, I honestly couldn't say yes. Yeah. Because my risk would far away my reward. Oh yeah, I'm for sure. I understand that. I I would have to be and it's 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 not the industry that you can guarantee anything. I would need to be guaranteed the same paycheck every month. Right. And, and that's that's hard enough on its own, getting paid once a month. <laughs> that's a different challenge on its own. I it, yes, it's a great fantasy to be able to to do this full time. And I'm super happy for the people who can do this full time yep. and can and survive and pay their bills and, and do well. All the power to them. That's just that's that's a nice place to work towards. But at the end of the day, if I can get it to pay for my Wendy's one day or pay for my beer, that's still that's great. That's it's not what it's about for me. But if it does, fantastic. If people want to support me in that way, fantastic. Um, if they just want to chat in my chat, fantastic. Um, it's like I say, it's open up relationships, friendships, and and there's people that's that'll be a part of my life for as long as I can see because of because of what we do. Yeah, I agree. Like I've I've always I've told my community that like I would love I would love to be that like two, three hundred sub a month guy. But the reality is I don't I don't believe I'm there because I don't put in enough extra effort. Like mm-hmm. I come live, I'm active on Twitter, I don't really do much on my socials, um, like in terms of, you know, my Instagram, I'm not into the whole TikToks, I'm not, I don't do any of the YouTubes or the extra stuff to get myself out there. You know what I mean? And for me, it's never been about supporting my family. Yeah. Rather just at least covering my expenses here. And the thing is that I do, like last month, my payout went into buying three boxes of baseball cards that we opened on stream. Yeah. And I mailed out a bunch of the autographs for as a sub giveaway. Mm-hmm. Like for me, it's about being able to put it back into the, the people that have given to me, whether it's yeah. here in my stream or to those that have been here to support me in my growth and in this endeavor, right? Like, and if it pays for me to maybe get a couple of packs of cards for myself or a box of cards for myself, then awesome. But if not, it's like, I want to be able to do things and have fun with it. So, you know, I'm, trying to diversify my lineup of things and you know whether it's the website or this podcast or you know featuring on other casts or whatever the case may be uh, i'm now starting to try to branch out more because it's not fair 
of me or anybody really to expect their existing community to cover all of that. Like, it should be no. up to the content creator to continue to push their own envelope in order to achieve those goals. And I think you said, we'll get into that, like I said, in some of those other expectation podcasts of what people's expectations versus reality actually are and the effort yeah. versus, you know, what's what their expectations There was, because of what you just said, like, um, what you basically what you put in is what you get out. There's a content creator um, on YouTube and Twitch. He's very well known, Harris Heller. Yep. He he has a video that he went and put out how much he makes on a monthly basis, um, and he kind of breaks down where he makes his money from. Um, he says so. He says if I make X amount of dollars, is the content I'm putting out worth this much money? If I can't answer that question as a yes, then I have to get to work and make sure that the content I'm putting out is worth that monthly money. So let's say for talk to say he makes 10K a month. He's like, I look at my content and I make sure it's worth 10K. If it's not, then it's it's time to get serious and, and get back in there and make sure that I'm putting out the right dollars worth of content. Which is, I've watched a lot of him since I came to Twitch. It's kind of yep. why I've branched out into other things. And that's, it's a good thought process because I think a lot of people get lost in doing the same thing all the time. And if it gets stale, they're scared to switch it up because change is scary. Mixer to Twitch is scary. Uh, doing new things is scary, but it also you don't know unless you try. And I think that like doing this it steps out of the comfort zone. Like my hands are everywhere. You, we were talking about this before we started. Like you're Italian and your hands are gonna be everywhere. I don't know what to do with my hands. I've I've cleaned my keyboard twice while sitting here. I just I I'm I'm all over the place. But it also yeah. opens an avenue where I can try something different to kickstart my content again right whereas people might come into the channel and and want to talk to me about the things that we've had conversations about here they want to know what's going on with you oh well by the way he's live right now go check him out those kind of things like it's yeah. um it's giving it's doing something that i want to do because i'm passionate about it but also something that people want to watch me do as well and be a part of it because i'm a part of it that's so because we're not really giving, we're not adding value to people's lives necessarily in a monetary way. We're not asking people to spend money to watch us. We're just simply saying, hey, if you enjoy two idiots talking about stupid shit, this is where you want to be. Or one idiot failing in multiple video games and talking about stupid shit. Bam! And then there's Andy. And then there's Andy. But like, on, so on the point of, you know, the your experience and the monetization and things like that, like, what has your experience been in terms of the transition? Because it's still pretty fresh in all of our minds. It's only been three months. Like, I can tell you for myself, it was an interesting roller coaster of emotion that, like, spanned quite a bit. Um, as I was mentioning before, like, I don't fully understand the feelings of a lot of the partners or those that were on the cusp of the partnership or that mm -hmm. had these, like, you know, 30 40 60 average viewership communities i didn't really understand that and my and still don't fully understand the challenges because if i'm being honest my transition to twitch has been a positive story and i don't know yeah. if it's just streamer twitter or what but for the most part it seems pretty freaking negative you know what i mean like yeah i don't know like I, what was yeah. what was it like for you Take me through that that instance of you getting the notice. Like, did you have an idea before? Did you have a so, feeling? 
the night the night that Mixer went under, I went to sleep and everybody was calling out all the sexual harassment, all the rapists, all the all the bad people that had a story against them, all the allegations um, of women who were treated wrong and and all this kind of stuff. I went to bed thinking, okay, hopefully they weed these people out and Mixer will be a better place for it. I woke up to a missed call from Taylor Takedown and a message from one of my buddies, Brian, saying, what are you going to do now that Mixer's gone? I'm like, what do you mean? And I had to message Taylor and say, what's going on? And she's like, Mixer's done. Like, it's it's over. I was like, what? It's like, last, like what happened? So found out and then we had to make the move over to Twitch. The, twi- the, the transition for me was like, it was, it was like, I'm getting out of there right away. And the reason I left right away was because Mixer had come out and they had said um, they're going to double their payments to the, the Mixer partners. The Amber payments are going to be 100%, uh, this, that, and the next thing. So my, my way of showing support for those who needed it more than me was get out, give the viewers one place to go, uh, which would be the friends that I support on Mixer that need this as their daily life. So that they're not spending embers on me, they're not they couldn't sub to me anyway. But they can't donate to me, right. they can't find me, they can't give me embers if they can't find me. This is where they can go to do those things, and that was what I thought was a way of of supporting them is by saying, okay, Mixer's done, I'm out. Let the people who can benefit the most benefit, um, which was which was kind of followed suit by most people were getting out as fast as they could so that they could make their careers on Twitch start. A lot of people went down with the ship because that's what they wanted to do. Whatever reason they had um, is what it was. But uh, for me, I would say monetarily more successful on Twitch than I was Mixer. Um, Would have been nice to push for that partner because I was close. I was um, like 150 followers away from getting what I wanted partnership-wise. And I think I actually was um, a good shot for it because I had a growing community. I had good uh, viewership numbers. I had active engagements on, on Twitter. Uh, I was doing good. It, it was growing nice. It was growing steadily. It was growing, it was growing how it was meant to grow. Right. Um, uh, fast forward to coming to Twitch. I, I obviously not at that follow count, but that's that ha- obviously has shown that it does not matter whatsoever. They, everybody came out when they found out where I was, they came out, they followed, they got me to affiliate all the, all the same communities. We all got to affiliate all at the same time. Everybody was pushing for partner. And, um, and it's just kind of like, it was just, it just brought things together as, okay, so my effort wasn't for nothing. Right. I still have the things that Mixer was going to offer me as an affiliate. I just don't get that little partner badge right. is what it is. But that was the one thing for me that was kind of a kick in the pants. Like I obviously two years I worked towards that. And I, I, I have a screenshot for every 100 followers up until Mixer stop. stop. Shit. Wow, really? And I'll, every time I hit my, hit my 100 milestone, it was one, two, three, all the way through, I have a screenshot of the day that happened. And it's such a progression for me because you can go and you can see the dates that the screenshots were taken. Nice. It's like December 19th, 2018, I had my first 100 on my birthday. And then nothing for so long and then like 500 was like seven eight months later and then out of nowhere i blasted to a thousand and i blasted up to 1800 and then mixer died wow. and it was like my progression was very very slow very particular and then the, all the work that i was putting in was starting to pay off and it was showing and then then nothing 
but I can't say it was nothing because I came and those people still came over. Right. I still have that support. It's just the dumb, the numbers don't match the work that I put in. If that makes sense. No, it does. And it, it sounds like we had somewhat similar experiences, although I was, so you gotta remember, like I only started streaming early October. So I'm coming up on one year of streaming. I, my last day of Mixer was 750 followers. So I was nowhere near monetization, but I was starting to really, my content was really starting to groove and I was starting to find my niche and build my community and find all those avenues of, uh, of success that I'd been looking for and got into a headspace like for myself. There's, I don't know if that person's still here or not. I'll call him on. Maybe. Uh, I don't want to make them uncomfortable. But um, There's one individual on Mixer that I've confided in, I've spoken to a lot, and has really been, even if they don't come back with like, because I'm a, I'm a, when I have a question, it's like a fucking paragraph. It's like, it's not only the question that I type, but it's also the evolution of my thought process. It's like, so what do you think about this? Because I was like, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, Jen and that person would come back to me with some really insightful stuff or some very basic stuff, like very simple approach to be like, just shut the fuck up and do what you're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, about a week and a half, two weeks before Mixer took a shit, which was in what, June? Or it was announced in what, May? I think July 22nd was like the last day, so it would have been a month, uh, so June 22nd. So, June? Like so yeah, let's say early, like mid-June, like from there on that 20th. The week yeah. or two before, I was already, well, I was announced in the end of, uh, end, end of, of yeah, okay. Thank you. Um, I had already started building my Twitch account about mm -hmm. a month, so around my birthday, end of May. I started building my Twitch account because I was considering a split screen, uh, split streams where I would do two days on one, two days on the other, because I had bad feelings just with all the allegations coming out, all yeah. the, the racism stuff and just the bad vibes. And like the energy within the partners seemed to be different where they didn't really seem to be getting as many answers. They weren't as confident in some of them. Some of them just seemed to have this, different era about like aura about them i don't know if they actually knew anything i doubt mm -hmm. it it seemed to have smacked everybody in the face but there just seemed to be some disturbance in the force yeah and i wasn't quite sure what it was but my gut was saying like listen prepare yourself yeah so instead of hanging out during the day in like mixer streams i would hang out in like a split of twitch streams and started meeting other people in the communities of games that i was playing and when that mixer shutdown happened, it was like, it was, I think I was having breakfast. Yeah. When I saw like Twitter just fucking explode and people like, guys, it's over. What do we do? And it was like, all I could think about is like a scene in um, like a scary movie where like this town just gets ravaged. People are jumping in their cars, grabbing whatever yeah. bags they can, you know, heading for the hills. There's accidents going on, fires being lit and just yeah. chaos guys here's my twitch 
you know, send me your link, send me your link, who your link. Um, and it was just madness. And I had, like I said, I'd already started to prepare myself. Um, mm. So for me, like I said, maybe that's why it didn't impact me or really set that light bulb off because I was already one foot out the door. Yeah. Saying, listen, it can't get any worse. If I go over to Twitch and even just my small circle of community and my stream team members drop me a follow, I can hit that affiliate just with my friends and family watching and then I'll worry about the rest later. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, I didn't have to do that because by the time I went live on, I think, June 27th, I went live straight away. I didn't. I did two more streams on Mixer yeah. to end out the weekend and then by yeah. I took a week off and went to get my stuff in order and then went mm-hmm. bang into Twitch. Yeah. Um, but I talk have... about video quality though. That going from Twitch mixer to Twitch and auto, and getting that like automatic like video quality upgrade from just being on Twitch, nice. Yeah. Like my, I don't think my streams ever look cleaner than it does being on Twitch. And I, I think a lot of people's streams look a lot better now that we're on on Twitch than Mixer, just just because it's like I haven't changed anything. I haven't touched my resolutions. I haven't touched nope. everything. The damn well same. I got rid of my green screen so I could show off my my collectibles. Yeah, and it's 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 night and day. Yeah, I remember so days far. where like guys were like, I can't. I mean, I'm on mobile. I can't watch. Like, yeah, I just can't watch. I was like, yeah. okay, um, but it's been it was crazy. Like going live for that first week, and on that affiliate grind was dope because everybody came out. Like you said, people came out in droves. To help you out and like i was very 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 fortunate and i've told this story on my stream many a times i was do when i was searching twitch um through the mlb directory like i would i never really stick to the top tier i always go to like down to the middle or lower or whatever and i come across this name papa and i'm like well my kids call me papa i'm like this guy's a dad. Let's check dad bots. This guy's a dad. Let's let's go. So that week before, I'd sort of hang out and then pop this guy, Papa Vaz's channel. Great streamer. Great content creator. Um, and honestly, somebody that I believe I owe a lot of my success to. Uh, because when the Mixer shutdown happened, the next day I went into his stream. And his title for the stream was um, Mixer Refugees Welcome. And then something about MLB the show. So me not like I've never really been one to promo. I whispered him and I was like, dude, I'm one of those guys. I appreciate this message so much. Like, so awesome to see it. The guy stopped his stream, like dead. Paused his game, took a minute, and gave me the biggest shout out ever. Like my numbers went nuh. Yeah. He had like he had about 120 people in his chat. He talked about it. And after the stream, he actually took an hour of his time. And we did a, a Discord call. And he walked me through some of the MLB community, some of the guys I should check out, linked me up. He walked me like through other streams and messaged other streamers about me. And like the reception and the camaraderie and the love that I received from the MLB community, I'll tell you right now, Andy, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now if it wasn't for those content creators 
and their respective communities because although I still have some great mix of people that come and hang out every day, a lot of my chat is made up of those MLB community members that I met through Vaz and some of the others. And I'm, yeah. I will be forever grateful for the opportunity that they gave me. Awesome. It is awesome. Um, so with everything, like the successes that you've had, the successes that, uh, like where we came from, where we are, um, what's your future with this? Like, where do you see streaming taking you going? What do you want from it going forward? Um, not necessarily the podcast, but your channel, your community, what you've built separately. Where do you see that going for you in the future? Like my continued objective like for me that check mark is would be cool that check mark on twitch would be awesome but i don't think i'm being a small business owner and having like full-time parenthood like full-time job parenthood you know like trying to find that work-life balance and adding streaming i don't think i can give enough of myself to the stream to be that check mark guy but i do want to be Big enough to where I can have that 150 subs, 200 subs to do like bigger box openings, to do bigger giveaways, to contribute more, to do more charity events like the one I'm holding in a couple weeks. Like these are things that these are the reasons I want to grow. For me, this podcast is a great opportunity to get some of my deeper thoughts and deeper cuts out. And I want this to succeed just as much because i think there's a lot of value in the conversations that we can have and a lot of education that we can provide but i do like i honest to god do like want to be that guy that has that 150 200 subs but wants to be able to say like this was earned because i contract the work that i put into it like my instagram's on point my website's moving like my merch is moving Uh, You know, I'm on Twitter, I'm getting interactions, I'm getting involved, I'm applying for sponsorships or game keys and actually getting them because these companies see value in me. Like, I'm trying to... Talk about about for a second your fundraising efforts as far as, uh, do you think you've been as successful or more successful uh, with the other streaming communities? Like, would you have delved into, because I know you're going through your own uh, personal health battles, but do you think you would have delved into the fundraising side of things with without streaming rather i don't know would you would you have taken upon yourself to to get involved in in doing something so much more meaningful than anybody if you weren't a part of streaming um i have in the past but not on this scale like it's always been like the run for the cure you kind of hit up the people around you and you know you get to where you get and stuff like that and it's all good and well but i've never taken on a project on my own and Mm -hmm. i I did it twofold. Number one, I learned a lesson very on that there's no point in having a community if you can't do something good with it. So for me, having a corner of the internet, having a voice, having somewhere to voice and and not actually use my voice was important to me. So now that I've been able to establish a bit of of a community, I've got some great people around me. I'm like, you know what? The like my own health battle, like my own diagnosis with thyroid cancer earlier this year was kind of that kick through the doorway because I'd always been to like, yeah, I'm going to do it. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, dude, 
now this directly impacts the future of your treatment and the treatment of others essentially yeah so that kind of really pushed it into gear and for me you know recording this broadcast in september and hosting my first ever charity stream in september during thyroid cancer month was a big deal for me and it was really something that i wanted to deliver and i'll tell you the response has been insane like i thought i came up with a shirt idea because myself when i donate to something i like that i like the tangibility of something yeah. you know like i contributed to this so i you know i got something something cool to like memorize like to remember that moment so for me i wanted to do a limited edition t-shirt and i was like okay i'll sell like five or six to friends and family it's cool those who don't want to buy the shirt can donate directly to the canadian cancer society and you know we'll hit i'll try to hit a thousand bucks but if we do we do we don't we don't we're sitting like a week away from the charity stream we've sold 37 shirts and we're like almost 400 raised and i'm like holy right. shit like that is more than i could have ever imagined <clears throat> and just so blown away with it but for me it's been a, an absolute trip and it's been amazing to see like three other content creators I've, I've got screenshots of three other content creators wearing the shirts during their streams like i walked into those streams and had a tear in my eyes like holy fuck like the love and the care and the attention to this effort has been incredible for me and i know you do an annual fundraiser event too like how has that been for you who i know you've had some i guess brushes with it in terms of family and extended family um but how have those events like what triggered the idea of having those events for you uh the first time that we got into the color to conquer uh cancer foundation uh, or fundraiser rather is because a community member um and at the time a close friend had come to us and said they had like a rare form of a, a skeletal cancer uh that comes to pass that they were less than honest about their condition and they weren't actually sick um but we, we got into it for the good the right reasons uh, um, i started it i colored my hair and i had a couple friends jaw that kind of reached out and said they they want to be a part of it because of the reasons that we were doing it um taylor being one of them and then, and then um at the time another friend that's uh that's gone on the wayside as far as we've, we've parted ways but the reasons why we did it were, were solid the reasons why we did it were were uh soulful and and community-based like we wanted to show support we weren't obviously raising money for this individual but we were raising money for the cause uh so that this would maybe happen to somebody else and that particular year which was last year last june um so may actually they do it every may so it would have been last may uh, we raised ten thousand dollars uh for the princess margaret foundation um based out of out east and uh and that was amazing we did it was huge like that was just mixture coming out in the biggest possible way, community on community on community on community coming out, hosting, rating, uh, you name it, they came out in droves to support this cause. But they didn't know necessarily the why we were doing it. We kept that kind of secret because right. the community member didn't want to be outed. They didn't want their their stuff to be public, which we now understand is most likely because it was all, you know, false. But it doesn't change the reasons why we did it. So instead right. of not doing it this year, um, for me personally, um, I underwent it myself this year in a way that it was, I was organized and, and executed by me 
by myself with the support of others in a different way because it just because this one person's reasons weren't uh factual or true doesn't mean that it hasn't affected my family um my mother my my uncles my um grandmother my immediate family like it's just it's it's there it still needs to be taken care of and and why would i turn it back on those people just because one person like that one person's lie still led into ten thousand dollars towards a great thing so like uh, i thank him for being that kind of asshole because still led us to being good wholesome people that did a good thing and brought a lot of people together to do that so um and then this year we did again we raised uh two thousand dollars with a goal of a thousand and um a bit more of an undertaking to do by yourself when you don't have those uh bigger communities kind of behind you but uh, i think that was very on purpose this year the people that i have been involved with previously um always pushing me to kind of undertake things on my own and have my own successes which is which is good the only reason i want their involvement is because i want it to be more successful but i'm at a point with my streaming and content creation that i can be successful i can hit my goals i can do what i want to do with this um because at the end of the day it's not really necessarily the number the number of money number of money raised it's the fact that you're doing it at all Um, right 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 if i've been to talk to these people that run the princess market foundation for for two years almost now they 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 ask me questions on how they can better their program i've been um what's the word consulting for them for quite a while discord calls phone calls um they're very interested in in the story that i brought to them or they they asked me about and helping them through some of their fundraising efforts that they've been going through um and it's been a fun opportunity to, to help them through it but one that i wouldn't have had if i didn't go through with what we went through last year right. and, and continue to do now so it's um it's nice to be pushed it's nice to push myself but it's also nice to be able to when i first did this last year it was i want to use that like you were saying you have a platform to do something good you have a community that's doing yeah. good things with it i wanted to do something bigger than myself and this was an opportunity to do something bigger than myself nice yeah that's great. I, that, I definitely would not have been able to do any of that if it wasn't for streaming. It would never even, it would never even come to my mind to do that. Right. You know, I, I would not do a run for cancer. I would not cycle across the country. I'm 270 pounds at 31. I shouldn't be the weight that I am, but you're not going to see me on a bike that won't cave in yeah. um, unless it's a motorbike. And even then, that's a danger. So this was something that I could do and on the gaming aspect of things, someone who's been a gamer their whole lives, there's so much speculation and and misconceptions that gamers are just in their parents' basement. I know you're streaming from a basement right now, so but it's your basement, so it's okay. It's not my mom's. I have the mortgage to prove it. <laughs> I'll be forever but in debt for this basement. This thought process, this misconception that gamers are these useless pieces of society that don't yeah. contribute. Well, I've got $12,000 over two years for Cancer Foundation research that says otherwise. Okay, it's not putting food on my table, but I've contributed to something that's bigger than myself. And I would not have done that if it wasn't for video games and streaming. So uh, it's, it, it goes the extra mile to say, you're wrong. There's billions of dollars in this industry. And well, they just said it earlier, $4.1 billion in just FIFA alone. Imagine that kind of money. That's just FIFA. <laughs> it's yeah. just one game. That's not even a game. That's just the packs for after. Like that's... Yeah, it's a multi-billion dollar yeah. industry. And there is a lot of disenfranchised individuals that want to pay it forward to a community's 
that want to pay it forward also. There's a lot of people who want to be a part of something bigger and they don't have the outlet because they're they're in their houses, they're in their parents' basements and they want to do more, but they don't know how. Well, that's kind of the avenue that I would think most streamers want to be is there's going to be a small population that are there for the money, there for themselves yep. and, and only them. Most of us, most of who I have met want to, to be more than themselves but and hopefully pay back to themselves as well. That comes with the age too. Like that was one of the reasons why outside of the t-shirt part of it, because I donate $10 from every t-shirt to the cause. Mm-hmm. A lot of these organizations have made it very easy to make the donations directly through their websites. Like I have, yeah. like, you know, you've had it with yours. Like I have a cancer fighter page through the Canadian Cancer Society that you mm-hmm. make a donation direct, which means mm-hmm. you're not losing on the PayPal transaction fee to me. And then I'm not losing to them. It goes one shot. There's still, you know, their, their percentages and their admins and whatever, but a far greater percentage is going direct. And you don't have to worry about whether or not your money's going to where you want it to go like i tell people all the time listen like i told my community at the beginning of the month if you can only spend five dollars on me and it's going to be for a sub i would rather you sub again in october november but put that five bucks towards the the charity whether it's a t-shirt whether it's a five dollar direct donation i don't care like for me losing my twitch revenue for a month is not going to make or break me it might make things like might make it a little bit harder to do community things in october but at the end of the day what does that even mean like if i'm giving back to a cause that is now incredibly important to myself personally yeah like how could i ever like i don't know just it doesn't equate when you see some people like now well i'm doing this but you know i i I don't want to get into that conversation. It's dangerous. It's a slippery slope. I'm not gonna offend somebody. Yeah. But lo, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get into that. I think we touched on a lot of great things tonight. And one of the biggest things that I really want to get out there is that, like, we are parents essentially first. You know what I mean? Like, we have lives outside of streaming. We contribute to society for the most part outside of streaming. Where whether it's jobs, I mean, COVID has kind of taken an exceptional kick in the pants at everybody. So things are different. But under normal circumstances, like, you know, we're both working. We're both coming home from work, you know, doing stuff with our, our respective families in our own way. Um, juggling stream times and responsibilities and, and things like that. Like, this is not um, somewhere to come if you're looking for the latest and greatest bits of information like i really want to and i think andy will agree that eventually in this podcast we will get into some of the tougher conversations around the industry and outside the industry like we're not only gonna have people that are in this space but other professionals that work in other areas that also have to juggle work 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 life balance um the 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 ideas and the misconceptions that we talked about earlier of some of the incredibly challenging stigmas that come along with streaming and you know the content that you put out there where it ends up how it's perceived how others perceive you and 
you know, the idea that maybe people aren't as wholesome as we'd like to sit there and believe they are. Um, but I think we're going to we're going to touch on a lot of hard truths as this podcast evolves. Right now, we are aiming for basically every three weeks. Am I correct, Andy? Yeah, uh, every three weeks with obviously the potential for for more frequency, depending on you know, supply and demand. Like if we have the time for it, people are enjoying what they what they listen to, what they see. Absolutely, we'll, we'll try and do more. But three weeks sounds like a decent amount of time that we can we can put out thought out content so that yeah. it's not just cut and dry, cut and paste, um, same thing every week kind of thing. So um, yeah, like we talked about we don't like we don't want to be in a position like where we're overstepping in areas of expertise that we're not experts in. Yeah. So we're going to take our time to do our due diligence, make sure that if we're bringing on a guest that they're vetted and really understand what they're there to present and talk about and, mm-hmm. and you know, be a part of, be willing to be open and honest. Um, and really just, again, we're not here to sh- talk shit. We're not a drama channel. We're not looking for any of that, but we are looking for open, honest, challenging discussion that may butthurt a few people, but at the same time, hopefully enlightens many of those people to understand that this isn't, like Andy said, just a bunch of punks sitting in their basement. Like People deal with some real-world shit when they're streaming. The psychological challenges of streaming, the juggling of work-life balance, the realities of of challenges and things that come across every day it's rough like it's it's a rough industry and a lot of us put a big fat smile on we get in front of the camera do our best to play at the at our absolute best but take a lot of shit and often aren't smiling that hard when we're done either because we're exhausted or we just got our butts kicked whether it's by our chat or by troll or yeah. our socials or just the energy output alone. Um, so I, I'm, I'm excited for where this is headed. I'm excited to be a part of it with Andy. I'm excited to introduce you to some of the people that have ingrained themselves in our communities and have welcomed us with open arms. Um, while with that being said, um, we both talked about it being Canadian. We don't. We wanted to just give a quick shout out, and maybe Andy can say this a little bit more eloquently than I can. But yeah, I can jump in if you like. Yeah, if you don't like, I'm a little tongue tied right now. <laughs> yeah, um, we were talking about this last night, uh, just because we got together before we kind of brought out our debut episode. Uh, being Canadian, there wasn't like a huge impact for us on September 11th. I'm sure we we knew people who knew people who knew people who were impacted, and we have a lot of American friends now. Um, but we just wanted to like still realize that we are bringing out our first episode streaming on September 11th, and how that that could impact the people who might be listening or or their friends and family. So we do want to take a moment to just say um, that it's it's been a long time since November September 11th. Um, was it 2002? September 11, 2002? 18, 19 years ago. Yeah, so it's been a long time, but it's not something that anyone's forgetting about anytime soon. So um, 
I believe the saying is never forget, and we want to keep it that way to all the men and women, uh, civilians and otherwise that, that passed away on that day. Uh, thoughts and prayers with your families still. Um, it's September 11th. It's a very weird day for um, to start anything new, but I think that's the point. Everything is new, fresh, and 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 we move on and we never forget. So, um, like I say, if you happen to be a part of that that world that was impacted and uh, devastated at that particular time, and still are impacted, uh, our thoughts are with you and your families. Uh, definitely condolences uh, to all those affected. Um, yeah, it was a crazy day for a lot of people, and I mean, I'll never forget where I was and what I was doing that day. And yeah, it was an incredible. Where story. were you? Where were you? I was interesting. I was, doing, where were I was you? doing my G two, my driver's license. I was literally oh. in the car doing my driver's test while it was going on. I'm pretty sure the only reason I passed is because myself and the driving, the testing, were both dumbfounded by what we were hearing on the on the radio. I was getting. I was waking up to go to school. I was in grade nine. <laughs> I was literally in the car, ten and two. Doing my highway right. exam so that I can start driving on my own and being a little like fast and furious wannabe punk. Um, so yeah, no, it was a tragic, tragic day. I got a moth in my no. that almost smacked me in the face and almost whacked my setup. Um, but yeah, no, we um, definitely want to put our condolences out there to those yeah. that were affected by friends, family, and those that lost their lives. So we would be amiss to say that we're community driven if we didn't shout out the community that was affected by that. So yeah, we just wanted to give that a quick, uh, quick shout. Um, so go for it. Where can people find you? Should tell us where your your Twitter, your Insta, your TikTok, whatever you have. Where Oh my god, could you imagine my chunky ass on TikTok? No, thank you. I um, can actually. No, I can imagine it's just gonna be a lot of like Frank Sinatra or Dominic Italian Donkey. <laughs> <laughs> or if you ever look up Pepino Surashimi, but uh, we'll leave that for another day. Um yeah. So you can find me through my Twitch, twitch.tv slash dadbodsunited, twitter.com slash dadbodsunited. Um, you can find all that information on my personal site, dadbodsunited.com. We'll link you to my merch. It'll give you some insight into my charity event coming out on September 18th um, in support of the Canadian Cancer Society. You can, if you go to dadbodsunited.com, it's like my link tree. It'll have all my Insta, all my Twitch. You can actually catch my streams live from the site. We will be placing this podcast on dadbodsunited.com. We are working towards having an audio version on Spotify, Beats, at Amazon Music, um, and YouTube as well, right? Those are our... Yeah, we're going to see which avenues make sense, but definitely right now, uh, until we figure out more, it'll be Spotify and, and YouTube. And like you said, on your website as well, um, which which I'm not sure how that's going to look. But as we progress, we're going to, things will be easier. You'll know where to go and where to see it. So at this point in time, like we say, we're going to do every three weeks. So that would take us to the 2nd of October would be our next episode, which is going to be a Friday. Um, Keep an eye out on uh, mm-hmm. game, our, Twitter, yeah, our Twitter handle. Watch the Twitter for uh, it's at Gamers Parental. Um, so we are the Parental Gamers, but the tag we got was Gamers Parental. So because, just uh, flip it. Fuck um, and then DadBods, like you said, is uh, DadBods UNTD. You can follow me on Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram at IMADTTV for all of them. And uh, look at you, eh? 
at the fucking right. matching handles across all platforms. Who the hell did you pay off? I, I have to pay off someone to get rid of the TTV part. It just there's an I am Andy somewhere. <laughs> Look at but, you. Uh, makes it easier to say out loud too. Wow. <laughs> but like I say, it's it's been an interesting, it's been a fun um conversations. Uh, some of it upbeat, some of it not so much. Um, but conversation nonetheless. Um, it it'll get more comfortable as we go on. It'll it's it's definitely enjoyable for us. I think we had a good time kind of just shooting the shit and talking. And we're glad for the people who showed up to 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 watch and, and pay attention and um, understand that it's a it's a bit of a weird format in the sense that we're on a stream platform, not interacting with chat. Uh, but like I say, right. we will we will introduce uh, interactive segments, uh, question and answer periods, kind of thing. But for today, we just kind of wanted to kind of talk, get comfortable with each other, um, kind of let you know what we were doing, and, and, and introduce you to us as as two individuals that uh, that are trying to make. A bit more out of the content that we create so yeah, hopefully I mean, you guys enjoyed yourself and i'm hoping you did as well yeah like hey if you guys have questions for us feel free to hit us up on twitter either individually or through gamers peripheral on twitter um shoot us a message if there's something you want to hear us talk about uh, or ramble about rather because i think we'll do a lot more of that um <laughs> i don't know but i had an absolute blast tonight i appreciate you putting up with my horse ass voice uh and my shenanigans for the night uh, I hope you had the same. Uh, we're gonna have to work on some like fancy outro or like, see you later, everybody. Like I don't know. Yeah, and that's the one thing though is like we have to get past that. Like, um, this is this is audio driven. We're we are taking up on ourselves to do a more visual aspect for the sake of recording, um, which is fine because I enjoy this aspect. People get to see uh, reactions. I know when I eventually get into a giggle fit, people are gonna wanna say all sorts of things and. And it is, it's going to be what it is. I, once I stop, I, once I start, I don't stop with the giggles. It is going to be a lot of fun. Oh, um, I got to hear the Andy giggles. <laughs> but from, but from the audio aspect, it's just going to be like outro sounds. It doesn't have to be anything. It'll be fun. And I'm actually going to put out to the community that is, is watching or will listen to this. If there is anything that you guys are interested in, have questions about, hey, what's your guys' take on, on this particular subject? And if this is a subject that we're interested in that we want to delve into, Absolutely, we'll talk about it, and we'll see if we can make it into an episode. Um, we're community-driven. We want to hear what you want to hear. We want to talk about what you want to hear, but we also want to enjoy it ourselves. So don't be shy. Uh, tweet it out to us. Get in contact with us uh, individually on Gamers Parental on Twitter, um, and, and we'll go from there. But the more input we have from you guys, the better um, to make this the best that we can. Because that's kind of what we're in it for. We're in it for, for making the best content we can. And if we can't, for whatever reason, make your question into a full episode, we will address those questions within that, like this last section of each individual podcast. If this is an opportunity for us to engage with a greater audience and a you know a larger scope, um, we wouldn't be here as content creators without you guys. So as much as we can involve you as the listeners and our communities in this, and bring those listeners into our communities. The more successful we will be, and the more ultimately you'll get out of the content. Because I mean, who doesn't want to listen to a couple of dads who play video games five plus nights a week, and drink and talk shit? Did I mention? Talk I have. Shit? I have a more dad-like body than he does because he's trying to lose weight. No, no, no. I see, the I'm difference is to, everybody's only ever seen me from the nipples up. I do that on purpose. <laughs> Well, I can't help it. I do sit-ups on my stream, and people have seen my butt crack. 
It's not you fair. You do sit-ups on seating, though. There's, I got a room for that. Like, I'm in a closet. Like, outside of hide-and-seek, I'm useless in here. <laughs> Nobody's figured out, though, that this is a whole other room and that I could flip my card camera around and do sit-ups. But I wasn't going to tell anybody that. You definitely that have, like, a Harry, you have a Harry Potter vibe. It looks like you've been told you can stream, <laughs> but you got to go under the stairs, sir. Pretty... The stairs are actually right here. My TV is mounted. My monitor is mounted on the back of the stairs. But anyway, before I give everybody the layout to my back game, I think we're going to call it there. I am Dadbots United. This is I am Andy TV. We definitely appreciate appreciate all of you hanging out tonight, today, tomorrow, yesterday, the day after, listening to our rambles, our journeys, and I hope that you'll come back for the next one and discover more about what it actually means to be a streamer or to be a content creator or to be a parent while or, trying to do both. Or just overweight and balding on camera. I'm not balding. Sure. You're balding. I am. <laughs> not all about you, dude. I can't relate, so we can't talk. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. Like thanks for watching guys. It's the Parental Gamers Podcast. You'll see us October second Friday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, hopefully we'll have another episode with you. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, we'll see you then. Have a good one. Thanks a lot. Look at you. Holy. You do have the face for radio. <laughs>